Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Everyone has a story, and on our podcast, we love to give a voice to the women whose story is moving, meaningful, and compelling. Today's guest is an old friend of mine. Her name is Courtney Jenkins. Welcome, Courtney. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Susan. It's such a pleasure to be here, and um, thank you for also elevating such an exemplary community of female leaders through this program. Uh, I feel very privileged to be part of the conversation. Well, let me just tell you, the privilege and honor is all mine because you are quite the trailblazer, and I'm super excited to have you tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Where to begin? Um, so, no, thank you again for having me, Susan. Uh, so my name is Courtney Jenkins. Um, I'm the Vice President and General Manager of NG North America's public sector clean tech organization. So I, in my role, I essentially oversee about a 200 plus person national business unit stretching, and Susie, and I think you'll appreciate this, from C to C uh, with offices in Honolulu all the way over uh, to New York City. Our focus is really on creating smarter campuses, smarter cities, and smarter institutions using energy as a platform. So uh, my team is really focused on engineering, financing, and building sustainable energy and clean tech solutions for public agencies and healthcare institutions, and doing so in a way which empowers and emboldens the next generation of leaders. Um, I say that because beyond just the physical hardware of a partnership, we really try to tie into how does that play toward the human? So we focus on how our partnerships can bridge the intersection between transforming physical assets and tying those to educational and community programming. Um, and stepping back for a second, I mean, even though I've been in corporate America for quite some time and this, working in this cutting edge sector, um, my journey has been a bit unorthodox. And so I'd like to share just a little bit about it. Um, so I grew up in the East Bay uh, to two wonderfully supportive and incredible parents, Nancy and Charles. I'm sure they'll listen. So uh, <laughs> I, I want to just thank them for that. And hi, Mom. I know hi, you are Dad. A proud, <laughs> exactly. A proud mother of James. Um, and James can call my dad as he also went to, went to Cal for a number of years. Um, go Bears. So despite, go Bears. Um, so despite initially wanting to be either the first female Major League Baseball player for the Oakland A's um, or an orthopedic surgeon, um, I had a history teacher at Head Royce over in Oakland who was really an instrumental figure in my life, uh, Nancy Feidelman. And in ninth grade, I fell head over heels in love with Russia and Eastern European history, um, of all things. Wow. Uh, so much to my parents' chagrin, um, it was not just a twinkle in the eye. And I ended up heading back east for college, Brown University, um, where I played Division One softball for the Brown Bears. So go other Bears. <laughs> um, wrote as an opinions columnist uh, for the Brown Daily Herald um, and studied abroad in Prague, which I hope James also had the opportunity to do, um, and majored in, you guessed it, Russian history. Um, I wasn't content to stop there. Um, and so I continued on, actually continued over the other pond uh, to the hallowed halls of Oxford um, in the UK, where I got my master's in international relations. And I focused on the economic, political, and migration impacts of human trafficking in the post-Soviet transition, uh, largely focused on women, um, which I know, uh, I think, 
even in today's world, uh, continues to be a major challenge globally. So you're probably asking, and those listening might be asking how the heck a kid with a bowl cut um, and a <laughs> Russian history degree um, ended up at a clean tech arm of Chevron. Um, and, and I'm happy to answer that. It's, it's a great question. Um, but suffice to say, I always felt that there was a powerful linkage between human rights and energy. Um, and I viewed access to clean, affordable energy as part of that ecosystem. Um, so I started at Chevron in a strategy and marketing role as part of this mini think tank around um, progressive, cutting edge um, energy solutions. Uh, and I started there right before the financial crisis. Wow. And so I've been on the same team. Yeah, I mean, really timing wise, wow. Um, I've been on the same team really since joining and we've evolved through uh, private equity ownership and we now sit under uh, NG and my roles have also evolved. I was in marketing, uh, project development, and then into management and organizational and operational leadership. Um, so I, I love what I do and I feel very fueled to make a difference. Um, I love that's that. Really the, the about me. Yeah, I love that. So this will be a casual, comfortable conversation for us because I already know and love you and respect you greatly. Um, you were it's in mutual, the, the fan club. <laughs> Thank you. You were, I think, promoted recently when we first met. I think you were in business development and now you've been promoted again since then. So bravo to you. I love the way you worked in. Thank that, you so much. Uh, what fuels you. That's clever. Uh, I know you to be very warm and funny and a great listener and you ask amazing questions. Uh, but it's my turn to ask some questions of you. So what an amazing I will resist career. the urge to ask them back, Susan. <laughs> you know me, I'm open, honest, and direct. People know I'm totally transparent. It kills my husband. It kills my husband how transparent I am. But um, he adore he adores you more for it. So I, I I'm whole, wholly supportive. You think so, huh? That's so funny. Well, let me ask you, you have had such a really, I mean, it's incredible. First of all, you're young, okay? So I'll just say, and that's a positive, but you've done so much in your young life. Um, and, and, you know, we, oddly enough, I know three people who studied in Prague, focused on Russian history, speak Russian and English as well as one another. Um, it's amazing. I don't know how I came to know you global, open-minded people, but I'm so fortunate. <laughs> I'm very lucky to know you. Um, let the me other two people must be superb. Yeah, well, you're pretty superb, Missy. Let me ask you this. Um, of all the amazing accomplishments, and I, I love that you stayed with the same company through all their growth and changes and shifts, and we should talk mm -hmm. about that after the show. Uh, what was your I would love that accomplishment maybe a proudest professional accomplishment yeah it, it's, a, it's a really great question and somebody asked me that the other day and I got to thinking because you know there's a couple of lenses you could think about professional achievements right um, you could look at revenue or earnings or EBITDA or COI or or other levers and measures of, of financial performance right and I could speak to that and tell you about you know business transformations and organizational lifts but that's not as interesting, I think, as the piece around the mission of what we're doing, the community we have with our peers, and the individual growth we experience in our, in our careers, right? Um, the reason I think I've stayed 
um, for so long, you know, with the same group of people is because I have been able to fulfill those three areas. Um, and so I can speak about that afterwards, but, you know, to your question, I'm just really proud that my work focuses on social impact. I mean, when it, when it boils down to it, I get a little verklempt um, thinking about some of the major partnerships we've developed. I mean, there's a, there's a small community, and Susan, you may have passed it if you're ever driving down 101 and you're going down toward like San Luis Obispo, you pass a beautiful little town called Gonzales, about a half hour so, south of Salinas. And when I think about working with community leaders there, like um, Renee Mendez is, um, in addition to your husband, Susan, one of the best city managers I, I've had the <laughs> privilege of working with closely. Um, and we help that city leapfrog to become amongst the most progressive and carbon advanced cities in the nation. Um, we worked locally in South San Francisco with, you know, Dr. Sean Tara Moore um, on transforming the school districts and creating a summer program uh, for educational opportunities for, for students to thrive and enrich their curriculum in the summertime. Um, when we're able to connect physical technology that we build with something that improves the faculty and student experience, that's where my heart starts to sing. Um, and, and I believe very strongly in the long range, the impact that we have for even one student or 10 students. And if we can identify one person who feels more compelled to think about climate change or to take action, where, whether that's in a civic way, whether they go into an engineering career, that is really what I'm most proud of. Um, I guess the other thing I would say, and Susan, I think maybe we're very similar in this, in this fashion, we like to push big boulders, right? Um, I would say I'm proud of the work um, that I have done and continue to do, um, standing on the shoulders of many, around creating an inclusive culture. Um, I worked alongside a number of other trailblazers uh, to co-found a chapter of NG's Women's Network. Um, and I worked pretty ferociously to push and promote and advance the mission there. Um, it's an area for continuous improvement. I think right now is a time in history where this is more important than ever. Um, well, but I'm very know, proud to- I'm happy to help there. <laughs> I know you are. And that's, you, are, you are the trailblazer, Susan, and I'm resisting the urge to turn the question around. Um, <laughs> but, I, I, and I mean, you and I both know, I mean, companies with an inclusive culture are six times more likely to be innovative, twice as likely to hit their targets financially. It's the best ROI we can invest in. And so any, any iota of effort I can give to advance that cause and to make people feel proud to wear the logo of our company or to feel like I can give a person a seat at the table who, who wouldn't have had one otherwise, yeah. that to me is what makes me proud. I mean, it's more, more than the financial impact. Um, I will say that any day, um, less Friday or Sunday. So um, I think we're very similar in that, in that respect. Well, we should definitely have a talk offline after your interview here. Um, I think I can help you with those iotas you were talking about. Um, let me ask you this, on those lines, I always have focused on lifting women up, uh, and, and now I have a special focus on lifting women of color because we know they are paid three times less mm -hmm. than we are, but mm -hmm. how do you recommend we lift other women in business? It's such a wonderful question. It's so timely, um, and I'm so glad you asked. So, to me, there's three areas that I come back to on this, on this one. The first is using agentic language. Um, so I'm really passionate about language that emboldens and empowers women. 
And I see so often that we inadvertently use more communal language to describe the contributions of women with a focus on behaviors that are supportive or friendly or team oriented, while not highlighting where they are charismatic, driven, ambitious, or innovative. And it's not to say that I'm devaluing those traits. On the contrary, I think that they are absolutely critical, but we need to look for ways to demonstrate and highlight where women are influential, strategic, entrepreneurial, or trailblazing in the same way we do for men. Yes. So um, it's something I noticed recently. One of our colleagues kept commenting how much one of our female colleagues had helped make this big deal come to fruition. I knew the players, and so I focused on how do I reframe this so it's not that she helped the project. She led it. She captured yeah. it. Right. She gave the vision. And she was not that helping is bad, but she was not always the helper. Um, so that's one. Uh, and Susan, I, I know you've done a lot of work on this area, so I could go on and on, but I'll stop on, on that, that one. But there's the agentic versus communal language to me is, is, is absolutely cornerstone. Um, and I'm very conscious of that in my own conversations with people. Um, and I, if, I, if I say something that is communal, I try to make it uh, for men and women. So it's not just one sector or another. Um, the other two areas are, are maybe a little more straightforward. Um, I call it like the 60-second lifts. So how we can make the wins more visible. So how we celebrate the successes, the contributions, et cetera. But these are things like sending an email to the whole team, pointing out the win, mentioning this person's talent to the CFO when in casual conversation, um, using a stronger voice to give her a place to speak in a crowded room. I, I, I know I, I have a, been a bit known to be bold insofar as injecting into a conversation and my voice absent today can be quite loud and forceful. So I can clear space in a room to give the floor to someone else. And I think it's really important that we look for ways to make the wins visible and give voice uh, to that. people who, who are more reserved. Um, and, and I'll tell you, the, the, the one around speaking about another person's victories to someone in a higher leadership role is something that we can all do. Some people just don't think about it as a meaningful lever, but that's 30 to 60 seconds that can have an incredible impact on someone's career. Um, and so I, I try to weave that into my conversations when I'm speaking with our CFO, our CEO, et cetera. I try to mention those wins, not just the women, but of all my team members to showcase them in that forum. Um, and lastly, when you think of, I mean, mentorship is something I think is so cardinal. Um, I've been the benefit of such incredible mentors. I'm sure you have as well, Susan. But yes. making ourselves available. Um, forums like this one are a perfect example. Um, offering to connect the dots where you can. Going and grabbing a coffee with a colleague to help her think through career um, or challenging situations uh, or her, you know, her growth or something in a meaningful, committed way where she can be psychologically safe. Um, yeah. I think that that's an undervalued lever for us. Um, so really those three, the, the language, making wins visible and being available for mentorship and for, and for lifting others up. Uh, those are the, really the three that come to mind for me. Those are very powerful. And I'll say I've never had a guest mention the uh, agentic language. That's really at the heart of a lot of what we do in my company. Um, as, as well as list the wins, we talk about the most common biases that women face in the workplace. 
And one of those is we're not recognized for the good work we do because men often let chaos ensue and then they come in and sweep up and clean up like the white knight and women instead prevent the chaos in the first place. So we don't get yep. recognized for the prevention. Yeah. Yes, so, that, that is 100% true. And also when women, do, when, when women do that work, it's not called for what it is, right? right? And that's where to me language is everything. And I'm not a, um, I'm not a, a, you know, a linguist, I'm not an expert, but I really try to be a constant learner in how I use my own language to talk about the contributions of women in the workplace. And I, I hope that that's something that we can all be thinking about, even if it's just a, a piece in your, in, your, in your brain when you're speaking to somebody, I think it's a powerful tool. So I love that you teach that and I love that you're giving companies the opportunity to hear from you on that subject. Yeah, so um, without going into my business, we can talk about it after, but I've partnered with three major tech companies and we have some amazing uh, content in our program that helps companies with that initiative and actually with the second initiative you mentioned as well. So we talk about the, the wins and how to give voice to or amplify the voice of the women who maybe aren't comfortable self-promoting or if they do speak on what happened, they tend to say, uh, you know, oh, shucks, not me, or I couldn't have done it without so-and-so, yep. you know, or I just helped when really they did lead the charge. Yep. It would not have happened. And, and we're all guilty of that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's a oh, lot yeah. easier. It's a lot easier for me to sing your praises, Susan, than it is for me to sing my own. Yeah. And so that, so it, it relies on this, it, it is a social contract of this community, not just women too, male allies are so key. You bet. In, in, in this linkage as well, right? And I know you probably, you know, there's academic studies galore that show that, but, um, you know, standing up for women in meetings and, and if someone makes a point that gets glossed over and then repeated by a male to take credit, um, reversing that trend. Those are yes. things that you're spot on about. Yeah, so we talk about a tribe or a posse of men and women who will um, stop that, from happening and prevent the stolen idea and say, you know, I believe that's along the lines of what Courtney was saying earlier. I'd like to hear more from Courtney about her uh, perspective on this issue. You know, so brilliant. We, yeah, we need to have men and women who get our backs, if you will. Let me ask you this. I know a lot about you. I love everything I know about you. I'm, I'm excited to learn more about you and we're doing that now and we plan to meet for coffee to further explore our careers and our personal one status. of many cups of coffee you bet lots of coffee <laughs> lots of coffee so let me ask you something surprising I'm, i i set this question up this way because i feel i know you that i might know enough about you that i would know a surprising fact but that's not true maybe there's something about you that even your critical few or your closest circle don't know so tell us something that's surprising about you well, we're in a spirit of, of getting to know each other in this circle of trust. Um, so I, I was going to say that most people don't know that I majored in human trafficking uh, and, and did my dissertation work on that. Uh, but wow. now that you do know that, uh, and you already know uh, about my profound love of coffee, um, so <laughs> most people know that, that because they see me clutching my peats or my fills or my verve cups of coffee every day, um, my drink is iced espresso, just in case you're wondering. Um, I would say shout out to your favorite coffee shop. <laughs> yes. Um, so I would say m m some people may know this, but 
I have a deep appreciation for reality television. Um, <laughs> it's one of the ways that, that I decompress after a long day. And, you know, people who see me at work know I am, I am a lot of energy. I'm extremely laser focused. I seemingly work 24 seven, um, much like you and so many women out there do. Um, and I can be very serious at work. Um, but I will watch anything from deadliest catch on discovery. I know a lot about Alaskan crab fishing now after 14 plus seasons. Um, Summer House on Bravo, um, living in the Hamptons. Um, I just adore, I, I, I don't have the time to watch more than maybe one or two every so often, but really, I just love them. I always have. I have found them to be just these breaths of fresh air that's so different from the rest of my world. Um, you know, if I'm reading, it's historical nonfiction. So this is really my pivot into something it's my guilty pleasure, if you will. Nice. I'm glad to hear you have that because you are so, um, one, brilliant, two, driven, and three, busy. So um, I'm glad to hear you take time out for a little, you know, self-indulgent TV watching. Well, let me ask you this yes, question. Yes, and, and it, very true. Mm -hmm. How has adversity shaped who you are today? Maybe you had a challenge or setback that you've overcome? So I would say there's micro setbacks and there's mic and there's challenges we face every day, right? Um, and and again, you know, you and I probably both like to push large boulders. Um, and every year I I show my team, I, I have an analogy every year. It's always around mountain mountaineering and how in order to climb to the top of the mountain, sometimes you have to take a lateral route or you have to step back and go up again, right? Um, in order to really ascend and to really reach. Yes proverbial yeah. summit. Um, yeah. And so and I have definitely had times in my career very early on. Sorry? Would you say to get perspective? To get perspective or to augment or to build new skills. I mean, sometimes, you know, a career path is not linear. And I right. think so often we think it is. Um, and so understanding that, you know, you have to take maybe a step back or go lateral to learn something new can be, can feel like a setback. It can feel like you're not moving forward, especially for people who are driven and ambitious. Um, I would say being a woman in a male dominated hard hat field, um, you know, there are setbacks in that because you're constantly having to prove yourself, you know, day in, day out. Um, and the uh, assumption may not be the reality. And so sometimes you have to educate new people and, um, and your colleagues and your customers and your partners on how to think about your contribution and how to think about how you operate. Um, and so I, I, for me, I would say, you know, when I, when, I, when I point to, I could point to projects where I felt like we had to take an entirely different approach, but really it's more the, the holistic journey that I think about, which is the sidesteps, the lateral moves, the step downs in order to rise. Right. And, and, and I think sometimes we just the way that I approach that is you know, to take some time to reflect, but then to also invest in, OK, how can I learn? Right. It's win or learn. And then how can I learn from this and apply it forward to get better and to achieve that next goal? So um, I, I would really say it from that perspective, Susan.
I love that. I always say on this show, win or learn, never lose. So we are aligned in our thinking. No surprise there. Well, you're no so surprise there. <laughs> you're so remarkable. I'm a huge fan. I consider you a friend. You're one of the first people who actually um, befriended me or took time out of your day and your busy life to have a cup of coffee with me when I first moved here. Um, the relationships I have here are very few and rare, and I really, really appreciate the one I have with you as I would a, a rare and precious stone. So thank you for taking time out of your life to, to welcome me and to be my friend here in South San Francisco. Oh, and like, likewise, likewise. I mean, thank you for your leadership in the community and thank you for your leadership across the, you know, across the world with what you're doing around DNI and what you're doing to amplify the voices and, and to change the way of thinking, right? I, I so often feel like DNI is not about fixing, correcting, or, um, or chastising, right? It's about lifting people up and, and putting a different lens on, right? And, and shifting the paradigm and thinking about it from a different lens. And I think so often when we do that, we find there's so many allies out there. There's so many people who want to get on board um, with this important, pivotal work. And, you know, I, I have found that too in my career that I have, I am not someone who typically blows up and, and yells or screams, but I really do focus on how do we build community, you know, uh, how do we build partnerships and how do we take teams to make improvements together? Because ultimately that team orientation is what will forward. Yes, that is what will move us forward. Um, people don't really realize that diversity and inclusivity are two separate concepts. And it's mm -hmm. us no good to focus only on D. We really need to focus on I and the E, equity as well, especially perhaps. So thank you so much for being here. And if other people want to reach you, how can they reach you, Courtney? Well, thank you so much, Susan. Um, of course, I would, I'd welcome to hear from anyone who, who would like to, to speak more. Um, my email, um, and I, Susan, I believe you will also share this in case I speak too fast, uh, but my email is Courtney.Jenkins um, at ng, that's E-N-G-I-E dot -E com. And I can also be found on LinkedIn under Courtney B. Jenkins. Um, and so either way would be the best way to reach out to me. Um, and happy to talk to anyone um, who is in, in, in discussing or hearing more. Very nice. Very nice. I miss you. This was a great conversation. I'm so glad you're doing so well. I'm not at all surprised. You deserve the, the good that comes of all of your hard work. And look, your smart work, your smart work as well. So thank you for being here today. And everyone who's listening, thank you for listening.